It is week six, and it is another week of the Game on Fantasy podcast. Once again, my name is Tyler Gresigoric. I am joined by Gage Bridgeford, and we are here to break down every single matchup of this fine week six of the NFL season. Gage, how are you doing today? I am doing good, man. I had a productive day. I voted uh, for the year. Um, everybody out there, if you're eligible, please make sure you go do that. I'm not telling you who to or who not to vote for, but make sure you go exercise that right. Um, got some writing done. I uh, got to relax after having a lot of uh, work this whole week. So it's been it was a productive day for sure. Right. I completely agree. I, I've, I've made a lot of progress over the last couple of days had a lot with the rankings and then my sit start article for dynasty nerds had a lot to get done and then recording this so after recording this i'm going to be relaxing for the evening that's my plan but, as well like after i edit the pod i will be relaxing for the night and so then i'm as much as i love football i'm actually kind of glad there's no football tonight because i can just watch something mindlessly i'm thinking i'm gonna watch like something like moneyball it looks like they just put that on netflix that's one of my favorite movies of all time so I'll probably watch Moneyball, and then uh, I'll just kind of relax for the next couple hours. Maybe I'll watch like The Office or something like that. But let's uh, let's jump right into the into Week Six here. So we've got the buys. You've got the Saints, the Seahawks, the Chargers, and the Raiders. So do not put them in your lineup because you will get zero points. So that sucks because there's a lot of viable offensive pieces there. Uh, the Chargers did need to buy because Keenan Allen is dealing with an injury. Austin Eckler also dealing with that hamstring injury, but he has another week, I think, before he can become eligible to come off IR. Uh, the, the Saints have been dealing with their own personal problems, uh, and I say that in the way of Michael Thomas fighting Slant with, boy with for the people. win! <laughs> See, I, I don't believe in the slant, slant boy slander that is being thrown at Michael Thomas. I don't think it's his fault. That that's the route he runs a lot, and I think he knows that, and I think that's why he gets frustrated. Doesn't doesn't excuse him for behaving the way he did in practice and, and throwing punches at his teammates. It doesn't doesn't excuse that at all. And then the Raiders, uh, you got you're missing Josh Jacobs here, Derek Carr, who's been really good. Uh, not missing much else other than Darren Waller probably. So a lot of pieces here between these four teams that you're not going to have this week. And we were talking about this earlier in the week when we were going through our rankings. The running back group is an absolute mess this week. So we'll do our best to give you the best suggestions possible. I was ranking fullbacks, man. It was rough. I got to like 86, and I'm like, we got to rank 90 of these guys, man. I was ranking fullbacks, third string. Justice Hill, I think, made an appearance this week. I was... I was struggling. I was like, Tyler, we got to cut back on these rankings, man. There's too many guys. I think I did. I think I only published 60 of them, to be honest with you. So oh, thank God. That was just, <laughs> so we'll probably start producing a little bit less uh, in our rankings for that reason because there's just – when you start getting into these four-team bye weeks, it's there's just not enough to, to put out I think out we there, got so. a six-team bye week coming up at some point. Oh, God. I'm not looking there, I know. I know there's always <laughs> one of those every year, and I don't know – if that is true again this year, but like let's see. Oh it yeah, might not so be with COVID week anymore. eight, maybe week eight we have mm-hmm. Arizona, Baltimore, uh, Washington, Houston. It was supposed to be Denver and Pittsburgh. Obviously, they've now had their buys, so that one's kind of adjusted. But week eleven is Buffalo, Chicago, Miami, the Giants, the Jets, and the 49ers. So there's six teams in week eleven. Good thing a lot of those teams aren't fantasy relevant, in my opinion. Yeah, so breaking good. news, Le'Veon like Bell <laughs> has agreed to sign a one-year deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. Rip your CEH <laughs> shares. That is so funny. <laughs> oh, man. I love I love Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but that is just hilarious to me, especially for everybody who's going out and spending on him. Uh, yeah, 
I don't know why the Chiefs would do that. It honestly doesn't make any sense to me, but it also is just absolutely hilarious considering the situation that a lot, probably a lot of people put themselves in. I mean, I was willing to pay up for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. It just never happened, but this is I just hilarious. I never paid up for him because I knew I didn't have the assets to go get him. And in startups, he was going way too early for me, and I'm like, all right, I'll go agreed, ahead and I'll miss agreed. out on him. All right, so let's move on then. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Le'Veon Bell and where he fits into this Chiefs game plan when we get to that game. But we got Titans-Texans. Uh, so we were talking offline here. Deshaun Watson is one of my quarterback sits of the week. Uh, I saw what they did to Josh Allen at Buffalo Bills offense. They really did stifle them. That is the Tennessee Titans. This defense looks like it has returned to form from what we expected it to be uh, coming off of last year into this year. So a little, little interesting stat for you here. Josh Allen was averaging near 30 points a game. Uh, uh, 30 points, 30 fancy points a game going into this game uh, against the Titans on Tuesday. And he came out of it with 16. So I think that that causes us to really evaluate some of the quarterback matchups going forward. And I don't like uh, Deshaun Watson versus this Texans team uh, versus this Titans team. So I will say that Deshaun Watson and this Texans offense did not look nearly as pedestrian as it, as it did the first four weeks when they took on the Jaguars this past week. But at the same time, Deshaun Watson, I am sitting him this week if I have some better options behind him. Uh, there's a couple other guys that we'll talk about that I don't like their matchups this week, but this is probably numero uno, numero uno for me. Yeah, uh, he doesn't have a great matchup this week, to say in, to say the least. Just this Titans team, yeah, they, they really did a number on Josh Allen and the Bills. I only got to watch bits and pieces of that game just because I was working on some other things, but Josh Allen looked like the Josh Allen we had seen over the last two years over the one that we had seen for the first month of this season. I still think he's a talented quarterback. I agree that Deshaun Watson's got kind of a down week. I think I had him ranked in my like the low end of my top 10 just this week. But I think that he would be lower if I had guys like Breeze, Ed Wilson, maybe even Justin Herbert, because Justin Herbert is apparently the greatest quarterback alive right now. Um, so I'm a big fan of what I've seen out of like Herbert. But Watson has, even last week in a good matchup against the Jaguars wasn't flawless. So I agree that if you have a better option to get him out on the field, he wasn't perfect and you can probably get a better, you can probably have a better backup plan in like in the chamber. Maybe you got Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's got a matchup against the New York Jets this week. That's a great matchup for him. I love that. In that game, I'm pretty sure the over-under is, it's 47, Miami's favored by nine and a half. They just stomped the 49ers last week, so... I agree that Watson's kind of down this week. On the Houston side of the ball, like, are you starting David Johnson still? Yes, you kind of have to. In a week that we were just talking about that is just absolutely super shallow destroyed back, on the running yeah. back landscape. Uh, the biggest reason that I'm sitting Deshaun Watson this week is that I don't believe the game script is going to go in a heavy amount of points favor. I think the Titans are going to want to come out and run the football down the, the Texans' throat. The Texans do not stop the ball well. They do not stop the run well, I should say. This over-under, I'm taking the under on it. The over-under is currently set at 53. And I'm taking Tennessee at the negative 3.5 line. Uh, I like them to win by 4 points or more. So I like. I just think that this game is going to be a really slow-paced game. And the Texans are going to do their best to try and really take the top off of this thing and, and you know blow the top off of the Titans' defense with Cooks and Fuller. And if they can do that, then they'll probably win this football game. But I just don't know if they're going to do that. I think the I think the Titans are too, too fundamentally sound on defense uh, to to let that happen because uh, I think that it's just too too obvious of a 
of an expectation coming into the game plan for this week? Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of what the Texans want to do just offensively. They did look loose last week, which is great, but um, I agree that I think the I think the over-under set way too high here. 53 just seems, just seems wrong. The Texans' offense hasn't looked good against good teams, and I don't think that they're going to be able to light the Titans up how they might want to. And I don't think the Titans are going to run up another how many how many points did they have against the Bills? Was it 42, 43, something like that? Something like that. But a couple of those were garbage. They were garbage time, but at 42. So it's 42-16. So I don't think the Titans are going to do that again. I agree that I think Derrick Henry has a really good game. I'm pretty sure I have him ranked in my top five this week. I might have him even in the top three. I can't remember off the top of my head. So I agree. I think Derrick Henry has a good game. Uh, you're starting Johnny Smith, of course. A.J. Brown, as long as he practices. He missed practice on Thursday with a knee injury, so keep that in mind. Uh, Friday will be the big day. If he, pre- I think that he plays this week no matter what. I think that these have been precautionary uh, more than anything because it has been such – they're going to be on short rest and whatnot. As long as A.J. Brown plays, I'm comfortable playing him, Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and Johnny Smith, all four. Watson kind of down. If you can, if you have a better option, great. If not, I'm, you're still starting him because he's still a talented player. I'm taking the under as well, but I do think Tennessee covers here. This line actually opened at, I believe, uh, Tennessee minus five and a half. So it's moved down two full points here. So there's a lot of money on Houston. But I think that you can feel comfortable here. Tennessee's going to probably win this game, and we're going to be coming come Monday night. We'll probably be talking about Tennessee as one of the best teams in football. Yeah, I, I agree. And so let's move on to Giants-Washington in the toilet bowl of the AFC East. You have the really It's the really NFC poor... East, but yeah. That's what I said, isn't it? You said the AFC East, but it's fine. Did I? I don't know, man. It, I'm exhausted. It's fine. So <laughs> we'll let the listeners tell us later. So NFC East here, the toilet bowl of the Giants and the Washington football team. Absolutely disgusting all around, but you're playing Antonio Gibson because you don't have any other choice. Uh, you're playing Terry McLaurin. Yeah, you're playing Terry McLaurin. Uh, you're playing Darius Slayton. You're playing... Devontae Freeman, you're playing <laughs> it's the stuff. Evan Ingram. You probably yes. have to play Evan Engram because Hunter Henry is out, Darren Waller's out, Jared Cook is out, Greg Olson out. Those are four reasonable fantasy tight ends who are all missing this week. You probably have to play Evan Engram, especially for what you invested in him. Granted, the Washington defense, that's the best unit on in this entire game. If you take Washington defense, Green New York defense, and Washington offense, New York offense. The Washington defense is easily the best group out of I think out that of this, their front is going to eat the game, Giants right? alive. So I think the front makes this defense. Yeah, yeah. So I think that you're comfortable playing. Uh, like, you're playing Freeman because he's going to just get volume. Uh, you're playing Slayton because Slayton has looked good. Angram, you're probably playing just because there's better. There's not a lot of options out there at the tight end position. On the Washington side, you're play, playing Terry McLaurin. Hopefully Kyle Callahan has a better game. Granted, the the Giants' defense is a much easier opponent than he faced last week with the Rams. He is officially starting this week. It is not Alex Smith, um, based on like he he practiced through the arm injury, so he will be active. He was announced as the starter there, so I think that he just feeds McLaurin all day. And you're playing Gibson. I don't love Gibson. I think the Giants, the one thing they have on their entire roster is just tanks up front, and Blake Martinez is top five in tackles, but. I'm so you're playing so you're playing those two guys and I don't want anything else on this game. This whole game is gross. There's only a couple of pieces on either side of the ball that you're going after. What are you doing with the, before we go on? 
Are you taking the over here? So this game goes one of two ways. The first way is it is absolutely terrible, and both teams don't score more than 20 points. And the other way is this game's absolutely awesome for fantasy, and there's a ton of fantasy points on both sides of the ball, and this over hits easily. I'm not touching the line because it could literally, it could legitimately go either way. And so if I have to pick one, I'll take the over because 43 is not a lot. But at the same time, there's a legitimate legitimate path to being under 43. Yeah, uh, I for me, I'm taking the Giants. I'm taking the Giants because the Giants showed me last week they can put up points. And I th- I'm taking Washington. I don't care. That's, Washington. That's, here, here's the thing. Washington could cover. There is a reasonable case for both. But here, I have to pick one. I'm not going to bet on it. Like I would, I'm not going to actively bet on this game. But if I have to pick one or the other, I'm going to pick the Giants just because the Giants have shown me they can score. I think Daniel Jones, even though I don't think he's a good quarterback, I think he's better than Kyle Allen. And hopefully he can hit a big play or two to Darius Slate and maybe Evan Engram gets one. And the over-under is gross. I'm going to take the over just because maybe these teams get like something going in that way. But... I'm just hoping for points because I would rather that than a gross 10-6 game. I agree. I'm, I'll, I'll be rooting for the over at least. But let's go on to the only a game that should be affected by COVID this week, and that is going to be the Vikings and Falcons, 54.5 point over under. Minnesota's favored by four. Uh, the Dan Quinless Falcons coming in this week. Who's the interim coach in Atlanta? Did you see who it was? Raheem I did see Morris that. is the interim coach. Uh, he was the former defensive coordinator. He is the one that coached for the uh, Buccaneers about 10 years ago. All right, so I'm not expecting much of a change on the offensive side of the ball. It's all going to be dirt cutter still. And then you're looking at the Vikings team, who is probably getting hot at the right time. They had a really rough start to the beginning of the year, but now you're looking at this Vikings team that's finally starting to put it together. Uh, they probably won't have Devin Cook, but it doesn't matter because that scheme just produces good running backs. Uh, Alexander Madison will be a top 10 running back this week if he plays uh, as the number one running back in Minnesota. And I'm taking all the pieces on both sides of the ball. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, probably Irv Smith, even though I can't trust the tight ends in Minnesota because you need a tight end this week. He might be not might not be a bad upside play. And then on the other side of the ball, Julio, if he plays, I don't know if he's going to play. But if he does, I'm taking Julio, Calvin, uh, Hayden Hurst. Give me everybody. Yeah, uh, I agree. I want a lot of the pieces that are available in this game. But it makes me nervous uh, for that for this Atlanta team. This Atlanta team continues to struggle. They like they didn't show any fight last week. And the thing is, like this is one of the few situations where the coach being fired wasn't a result of him just being bad or like the players not liking him or anything like that. It's just they weren't winning. They just weren't clicking anymore. The players still love him. He wrote a note to the he wrote a letter to the city of Atlanta and to his team, and it was nothing but good things to say and. Dan Quinn was a great players coach, and people like him for that reason. You're probably starting Matt Ryan and hoping that he shows some fight this week. That's like that's the hope. You, ha- you have to play Matt Ryan this week because if you don't play Matt Ryan this week, then you might as well just cut this him. This is like I this say that a lot with certain that, players, uh, but this is this that this is similar to last week. Kenyon Drake versus the Jets. Like if you didn't, if you couldn't yes. play Kenyon Drake against the Jets, who could you play him against? If you can't play Matt Ryan exactly. against the Vikings, who are still trotting out. A really young secondary that has struggled a lot. When can you play Matt Ryan? So I agree. So you're starting. I think Ryan I'm taking the over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah take the I'm over taking the sure. over here, uh, and I'm. I don't know about. I don't know how I feel about Minnesota at, at four, but I'll probably take that as well because I think they're the better football team right now. 
I'll take Minnesota to cover because Minnesota does look like the better team. They look like the team. I don't think they're quite the team they've been over the last two weeks, but I also think they're closer to that than they were the team we saw in weeks one through three. And the main thing that gives the Vikings fits is a team that can generate pressure on the inside. And Grady Jarrett's really good, but the Falcons just don't have enough of an internal pass rush to be able to like really generate that and kind of force Kirk off his spots. And the Falcons secondary is beat up to no end. Like, I've, I've seen teams get beat up and ravaged by injury before, but this Falcons secondary has just been – it seems like someone went through and just intentionally wiped them out. So I think Justin Jefferson has a big game. I think he has the game closer to what we were expecting last week that we didn't get because of all the rain. So so I like Justin Jefferson to have a good game. Thielen's going to have another strong game. The one thing about Dalvin Cook is – Mike Zimmer's playing this real close to the chest. He's being real unclear about what's going to happen. Dalvin Cook didn't practice today, but that's absolutely no guarantee that he's not going to play. So pay attention to that. I am not banging on him playing this week. I, the, all the initial reports suggested that he was not going to play. Uh, the only thing, the only reason why we're even talking about him possibly playing is because of Mike Zimmer being coy with it. I all the initial reports suggested he was not going to play this week. I don't think he plays this week. If he does, I would be genuinely surprised. But we'll see how practice goes on Friday for Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I agree. I and, I, I don't expect him to play. Yeah. But I don't expect him to play, but it it's possible. If Madison if if Cook is out, I'm Madison's a rock star. Like he is a great great play as long as as long as Cook is out. If Cook, now I got a question. If Cook is active, what are you doing? You're probably throwing Madison in your flex because at the off chance that Cook plays and re-injures his groin, then Madison becomes a solid play like he did last week. Fair enough. Because there's just, I mean, who else are you going to play? Justice Hill? Like, who, what does it matter? Like, yeah. most, most teams are not going to have that luxury. Gus Edwards. Gus <laughs> Edwards season. So let's move on, though. Panthers-Bears. Uh, I don't like this game at all from a fantasy perspective. I think I'm playing Robbie Anderson, Mike Davis, and DJ Moore. That's, pro- that's about it on the Carolina side of the ball. On the other side of the ball, it's David Montgomery. And Allen Robinson, and that is it. I'm not touching anybody like, else. I was like, come on. Let's not leave out Allen Robinson now. No, yeah, I love Allen for, Robinson. For this game, okay, for one, Carolina's favored by one point, 45 point over under. I'm taking the under, and I'm taking the Bears. I, I think Bears I agree. Are, I, think, I think the Bears went outright. I think that Carolina is better than we thought they were, but I also think the Bears are the better team. This so has getting Bears, the Bears gritty win all written all over it. That's what it has. Yeah, and I, I think getting the Bears as a dog here, oh, I love it. Love it. I don't know so, if I can trust the Bears. I agree, but... I agree with you on the fantasy aspect for the Panthers, though. Mike Davis is starting. Even though it's not a great matchup, I think that he can have good value between like his receiving work and just his general volume. You're not playing Teddy. This Bears defense has two of the top like five corners Second best against right the pass now. in the NFL. Yeah, they're they're playing lights out defense. If the Bears who's offense number one can Gage? just not, who's number one? Who's number one uh, defense against the pass? It's not the Panthers. Probably the Colts, right? It's the Colts. It's Colts, right? Yes, that's the Colts. Yeah, no. Okay. Anyway, yeah, Colts are still not that good. Anyway, anyway, for the pa- for the Panthers, you have to play Robbie. He, you just have to play him right now, just because of the the level he's playing at. DJ Moore is still super talented. You almost have to play him unless you have crazy value that you managed to sne- steal in the draft. That's it. I'm not playing Ian Thomas, though I love Ian Thomas. You can't play him. On the Bears side, I agree. Montgomery, who Montgomery, uh, sneak peek for my starts it, is one of my starts of the week. The Panthers have, 
I believe the worst defense against running backs this year. They're allowing on average 27 points per game to opposing running backs. So that's you're, you're playing him. He's going to get volume. There's no one else taking touches away from him other than Cordero Patterson. Montgomery has you have to play him this week, and then you're playing Allen Robinson. Okay, who is your deep PPR guy? You if you have to start one of the other wide receivers, who are you playing? Because I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Deep PPR. So basically, like you, it's yep, between Curtis in... Samuel and Anthony Miller, right? No, 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 no. I meant just on the Bears side. I'm not starting Curtis Samuel. I just meant just Bears receivers. I'm probably playing Cordell Patterson. And I say Cordero Patterson because he's going to get rushing work. He's going to get receiving work, and the chances of him falling in the end zone have, have been close. I, I think that he could fall in the end zone this week and get you a solid week. See, I was going to say Darnell Mooney, who has I, seen an uptick. I, I think he's, he's seen an uptick in his snap counts over the last couple of weeks. He got bullied last week, though. He got bullied last week. I mean, Foles missed him a couple times, but for the for the most part, he got bullied last week. And uh, it's not that that's a bad thing. I mean, he's but a rookie. if Foles doesn't, but if Foles doesn't miss that wide open shot to Mooney, Mooney walks in for a touchdown. But that's why we don't chase the touchdown. We chase the the targets. And he didn't. He didn't get a ton after that that play last week. He still had. He still had. I think second on the team uh, in targets on the week, didn't he? Or well, so, no, he was third behind behind Robinson and Graham, I believe. Also, and also, you're not willing to play Jimmy Graham this week. I forgot about him. You probably with have all, to. With, I was like, with all of the other tight ends that are out, you probably almost have to play him. So yeah, it was Robinson had 16, David Montgomery had eight, and then Darnell Mooney and Jimmy Graham were both tied with five. Is are we leaving Anthony Miller for dead? At um, this point? I'm not leaving him for dead. I just am holding on to last hope right now. Fair enough. All right, let's move on to the next one. Jaguars hosting the Lions. Detroit Gross. coming off the bye week. Jaguars just got done getting beat by the Houston Texans, although the argument could be made that they probably should have won that game. Over under at 54, Detroit favored by three and a half right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably playing all my Alliance offensive pieces. I don't know what I'm doing in the running back spot, though. I mean, I like Adrian Peterson. I like DeAndre Swift. Obviously, you can't play carry on right now. TJ Hawkinson's a good play after coming out of the bye. He should be completely healthy. Matthew Stafford, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, all good plays. On the Jaguars side of the ball, you're probably okay playing Gardner Minshew, James Robinson, uh, depending, depending on if DJ Chark plays or not. Uh, you're looking at Keelan Cole as a deeper receiving option, and then LaVisca Chenault is probably your, your wide receiver one, if no DJ Shark. I think even if DJ Shark plays, I'm comfortable playing LaVisca. Like, I know that sounds weird. 100%. That's why I said I, Keelan Cole is a deeper option, if if Shark is yeah. not playing. But I think, that, yeah, Keelan Cole, if Shark misses, I'm comfortable playing uh, Keelan Cole, but if he... But if Ke- but if uh, Chark plays, I'm I'm still comfortable playing Visca no matter what. Visca Visca Robinson and Minshew. I'm comfortable with all three of those guys. I don't really want to mess with any of the other receivers other than Chark if he's active. On the Detroit side of the ball, you're starting Matt Stafford because this defense has started to fade for Jacksonville. You're starting. You're starting Kenny Galladay. You're starting. Are you comfortable starting Adrian Peterson in all leagues? Because I'm really only comfortable with him in standard formats. I don't think you have a choice. Fair enough. DeAndre Swift. I love Swift this week. He had his best game of his young career so far in week four. He's getting all of the PPR work. He's averaging about 10 points per game right now. The Jacksonville Jaguars are, I believe, uh, the eighth worst defense against fantasy run- against running backs for fantasy so far. 
averaging about 22 points per game. Carry on, you can, you don't, you you have no way to start him. There's no way he played less than 18% of the snaps before the bye. He's his snaps were trending down. His volumes touched trending down. Swift, I'm comfortable with for for PPR formats. And Adrian Peterson, I'm more comfortable with standard or half PPR and just hope he falls into the end zone. Like Tyler said, you probably have to start him just because there's no other options available. You're playing TJ Hawkinson and hoping he has a better week than he did right before the bye. And then are you playing Marvin Jones or Danny Amendola? Either one of them? Marvin Jones, yes. Danny Amendola, deeper formats. Cool. Who, what right. are you doing with the spread here? What are you doing with the spread and the over-under? That's super great. I don't know if I like Detroit. I don't know if I like Detroit to go all the way down to Jacksonville and win this game. I just don't know if I like it. I mean, I think Detroit's a better football team overall, but my gut is telling me to take the Jags here at the three and a half points. Um, Probably going to take the over. I think this game could get gross really quickly in terms of defense. So I'm going to take the over with the Jags covering three and a half. Fair enough. I am going to take Detroit to cover three and a half, and I'm going to take the over. I just don't know. I, I've been avoiding this game from a betting perspective. I've been avo- I've been avoiding it as much as I possibly can. I just don't want to. Yeah, touch it's it. it's a gross it's a gross line for sure. I'm just taking the three and a half or that taking the over because I'm comfortable with both these defenses being bad. Agreed. I, I could see something like a 34 to 31 finish or something like that. I could totally see that. So oh, yeah, Steelers Browns. This is actually one of the games I'm most looking forward to, and probably out of all these games on the on the early slate, the one I'm going to be watching the most intently. Because uh, Steelers Browns, we talk about barometer games. This is definitely a barometer game for that AFC North, and who's going to come out on top there? Baker Mayfield has been better. He's been getting better, but he's still not where you want him to be. He's not going to lead this team. Um, put him on their, put him on his back, and lead them to victory in times. So you're looking for him to make a lot of plays this week. Uh, and with Odell Beckham, who should be there, Jarvis Landry, who should be playing. Uh, no Nick Chubb, but they have Kareem Hunt, so they still have the pieces there to be really good. That I don't expect much from Austin Hooper in this matchup. I just don't like the way he matches up against this Pittsburgh team. Uh, on the other side of the ball, is Chase Claypool or Deontay Johnson getting the wide receiver two nod? I think it's going to be Chase Claypool. Uh, Deontay Johnson is still limited in practice this week. With a with a back injury, um, and Claypool, they've been moving him around a lot the last couple of weeks. They've been involved in the offense. They're trying to feature him. The main advantage that he has in the middle of the field, because they're operating him out of the slot a lot and pushing Juju outside, along with uh, they're pushing Juju and Deontay Johnson both to the outside and Claypool to the inside because he's got a huge athleticism advantage versus linebackers. Spoiler alert for those of you that don't know, the Browns' biggest weakness on their roster is at linebacker. Chase Claypool is going to has the potential to have another big week. I don't think he's going to go off for four touchdowns and do everything else he did against Philly, but he has the same matchup that he did last week. And even last week, he was beating outside corners. He beat Darius Slay a couple of times, and Darius Slay is supposed to be this shutdown corner for Philly. He's supposed to be the entire reason that their scheme works, and he, he just— he couldn't handle Claypool because Claypool's such a physical freak. So I think Claypool has the chance to have another big week. Again, temper your expectations. If you're expecting him to do what he did last week, you're way over-exaggerating it. I, that's that's an outlier week. You can't expect that again. I, I agree, agree on Connor, though. I agree on Connor. You're starting Juju because you kind of have to. 
Eric Ebron, I think, is getting near must-start territory. He's a low-end tight end one right now. In a week like this where there's a lot of buys, I think he definitely cracks the top 12 for for tight ends. Uh, if not, and if you differ on that slightly, you're probably going to still be in your top 15. Are you comfortable starting Ben this week? Because I would prefer to probably leave him on my bench for the week. Um, I'm maybe playing. I'm definitely playing in the superflex, but if I'm in looking at one quarterback situations, I'm probably looking elsewhere. I just these AFC North matchups. I talked about it before. I just don't trust them. I don't trust them, and I also think that this is just. I think this is going to be a true AFC North matchup. That's just going to be gross and. It's going to be bad. There's, no, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of fantasy value to be had for either team here. And I think that we're going to come out of this game and we're going to be like, yep, there's the AFC North that we all know and love. No more of this fancy big play nonsense. It's going to be just slobber knocker, slobber knocker football. On the Cleveland side of the ball, you're starting Kareem Hunt. I'm avoiding Baker. I am avoiding... I don't know if I do. You want any of the pass catching options in this game for Cleveland? Like I think you oh, probably have to start oh, no, OBJ. And Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I'll take them. But I mean, this this Steelers defense is playing good football, man. They're playing real good football. Hey, the Browns beat a good Colts team last week. I'll just say that. Yeah, yeah I know how you feel Colts about that. Team. I know how you feel about that Colts defense, but they yeah. did beat a good Colts team last week. Fair and enough. If, if you watch that game too, the Browns they did win that game. But they were making extraordinary plays. I equate I equate the Browns Colts game last week to when I'm playing a game of Madden and literally like in Madden I literally cannot stop anything because the game just says, nah, this guy's gonna win every single contested catch. That's what the Browns were doing last week. So I don't know if that performance is necessarily repl- replicatable. Rep- replic- whatever. Re- replicable. Replicable? Is that a word? I don't know if these are words, but we're saying replicable. them anyway. So. Yes, replicable is a word. Come on, <laughs> replicable. man. Replicable. So I don't know if they can replicate that performance. However, I do think that they have it in them. We've seen it that they have it in them, and so I, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna say that this offense is gonna be able to be productive because statistically the Colts' defense have been better than the Steelers' defense. I still think the Steelers' defense is one of the best in the league, and so is the Colts. But I'd probably take the Steelers' defense over the Colts in a, in a one for one. But I think that the Browns will be able to put up points still, is what I was going to say. Fair enough. I mean, I don't love OBJ. I don't lo- I'll say this. If I have to play one of them, I'm playing OBJ. I don't really have a ton of faith in Landry right now, especially after he got re-injured last week. He re-entered the game, but he did leave briefly with an injury. He still doesn't seem like he's fully 100% yet. You're probably playing Austin Hooper because there's not a lot of better options available. He has started to get more involved in the offense as of late. I don't love a lot of pieces in this game as a whole. I think it's going to be really low scoring. The over-under right now is set at 51. I'm taking the under pretty comfortably here. But I'm also, and in Pittsburgh's favor by three and a half, I'm taking Cleveland to cover. I think that the Browns can keep this game close. Maybe win it outright if they can get everything to go their way again. But I just, I think that this is going to be a really tight game. And it's probably going to be, we're not going to find out who's going to win the win the game until probably the last possession of the game. Like it's gonna be, I feel like it's gonna be close all game, and we're gonna get one team to win on like a last like field goal or something. I, I completely agree. That's how these matchups usually work out. But let's move on to Colts Bengals. Forty six and a half point over under. Indy is favored by seven and a half points here. That's a big line for Indy, but the Bengals kind of looked flat last week. Overall, they they have kind of 
trended down since the start of the season. I was really high on this offense because I thought Joe Burrow had a good handle on it. I'm not high on Zach Taylor. Again, it's my weekly PSA that the Zach Taylor is not what they thought he was going to be in terms of a schematic coach. But at the same time, this offense has the pieces to be successful. Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, T. Higgins, uh, Joe Burrow slinging it around. They can still put up points. I, I actually like their matchup with this Colts defense because the Colts, as we've talked about before, like to keep everything underneath. Uh, I like the ability of T. Higgins to be able to, to make some plays. I like the ability of Tyler Boyd to find some holes in the zones and, and, make some, and make some nice receptions. I like Joe Mixon after the catch in this game. I, I just like some of the options. I just... I do think the Colts cover seven and a half, but I, I do take the over in this game because I do think that the Bengals are going to, I think they're a good fit offensively for the defensive Colts. Yeah, seven and a half is a big line for Indy. I, I'm taking Bengals to cover that. I just, I'm, but I'm also taking the under in this game. I think this is a really low scoring game. This Colts offense under Phillip Rivers just doesn't look good. They need to get an upgraded quarterback, but unfortunately they kind of can't. Because and they're not going to put Jacoby Brissett in there. Because if you put Jacoby Brissett over Rivers, then you should have never signed Rivers in the first place. I think Taylor has a big chance. Uh, has the chance to have a big game. Jonathan Taylor specifically. And just this offensive line can beat up the Bengals' defensive line. The Bengals' defensive strength is in their front, but this Colts' offensive line is still really good. Hopefully, they get Anthony Costanzo back from an injury. I believe he's still questionable as things can't stand currently. So you don't love that, but just this. Like this Colts offense needs to come out and establish their dominance early on. On the and I'm not willing to start any of the tight ends because it's kind of murky right now between Trey Burton, Mo Ali Cox, and Jack Doyle. They're all getting work, but none of them are getting enough work to be fantasy viable. You could maybe start T.Y. Hilton if you're in a deeper league and you're missing guys like Michael Thomas, Manny Sanders, DK, Tyler Lockett. Honestly, actually, there's a lot of receivers on bye this week and ones that are out with injuries, so you probably have to start T.Y., but I don't want anybody else after him. Zach Pascal, Marcus Johnson. If I have to start one of them? Yes. It's Pascal. Okay. I've seen more from Pascal in the last two years, and Marcus Johnson, um, as a guy that has watched the Colts really closely, he comes in, he'll make one big play every four or five weeks to make you remember that he exists but he doesn't do anything consistently enough. Pascal will at least get two targets every week. So I can be like, oh, I know that yeah. he's going to get some volume compared to the other guy. So it's Pascal if I got to pick one. On the Bengals side of the ball, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins in deeper formats. You say that, and yet he goes out and puts up 10 points a week. So I'm saying T. Higgins is a smash play considering A.J. Green is dealing with a hamstring, hamstring injury. Uh, I think you can play T. Higgins with confidence this week. That, that's just the difference between me and you. I just, I don't, like, so here's the thing. I've downplayed the Colts defense all year. And this is the one week where I'm like, you know what? I think the Colts defense can match up with T. Higgins because he's not a great route technician. He's a big body guy. And the Colts defense doesn't have athletic corners. They have just big body physical corners in Xavier Rhodes and Rocky Sin. So I think T. Higgins is a good play in 14 team leagues or deeper, but I don't really want to play him in 12 unless I'm kind of forced to. That's kind of where I stand there. I think the I think the game goes under forty six and a half, and I think the Colt and I think the Bengals are able to cover here. I think they bounce back after a really big beating last week. Moving on, we got Philadelphia Eagles playing host to the Baltimore Ravens. Forty seven. You're playing and a half absolutely points. nobody on the Eagles side other than Miles Sanders, and you're playing you're playing your uh, Mark Ingram, Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown, and that's it. 
Mark You're Andrews. not playing Travis Fulgham? Mark Andrews. God, Mark. I don't think. Do you really think that Travis Fulgham puts up another 10 reception week? He had one big catch in the game against San Francisco, comes into next this last week here, and has 10 catches. You really think that happens again? No, but everyone else seems to think he does, especially considering they announced today that he's going to be the permanent starter on the outside. Like he's going, to, he is the X receiver for this roster. So that's fine. I'm picking him up and I'm stashing him on my roster, but I cannot play him with confidence yet, especially in a matchup where he's going to draw Marlon Humphrey or Marcus Peters. I'm not doing yeah, it. No, I don't like the matchup either. I was just, I wanted to be difficult. I don't like, to, I don't like Travis Fulgham this week. I agree with you on the Baltimore side of things though. You're starting, you're starting all the stars. Mark Ingram, though, actually, Mark Ingram is one of my sits of the week. I'm I don't, not starting I don't Mark know. Ingram. I don't know about the Mark running back position at all. In, Here's in the issue months. I have with Mark Ingram: he has yet to have more than ten or more than his. He has yet to have twelve carries or more in a game so far. Do you think he they're just is, saving him for the second half of the year? Maybe as a guy that was really high on Mark Ingram, I have to hope that, but I have no proof of that right now. He's second on the team in snaps, but he's right in the middle. So. J.K.'s got 105, Mark Ingram's got 99, and Gus Edwards has 95. They're all within 10 snaps So are you playing other. J.K. this week? No, I'm not playing either one of them. I, I, don't, I don't trust either one of them to do anything this week. I just I, – because they're all getting touches. Gus Edwards is getting, work, is getting some work. Mark Ingram's getting some work. J.K. Dobbins is getting some work. I think J.K. is going to break out by the end of the year, especially if they continue to play him over playing Mar- or give him work that Mark Ingram could be getting. But I don't think it's going to happen quite yet. So that's why I'm I'm down on Mark Ingram this week. But I'm starting Lamar. I think Lamar can have a big week, especially against these linebackers. This is the type of linebacking group that Lamar was putting spin moves on all year last year. And then I'm starting Mark Andrews, obviously, because you need to be starting Mark Andrews, who's quickly he's emerged over the last two years as one of the best touchdown scoring tight ends in football. And when you know, there, was a, there was a time and place where people thought Mark Andrews was bad. Yeah, well, people, times. some people still think he is bad. They just think that he is in a perfect system and he only catches touchdowns. People th- still think he's bad from a football perspective but they think he's good from a fantasy perspective. I don't give a shit. He scores more fantasy points than a lot of players, so he's better it's than players. true. All That's right, true. let's move on, though. Patriots-Broncos. Uh, golly, talk about disgusting matchups. But I do like the Patriots offense here. I actually like Cam Newton a lot this week. I like Kill Harry. I like – actually, I'm, you know what? I'm going to stand by my Julian Edelman take. I'm not playing him at all until he shows that he actually wants to be on the football field. Because until he gets mentally right, he's not going to be the same Julian Edelman that we've been expecting when he was playing with Tom Brady. So I'm not playing Julian Edelman. I'm playing Akeel Harry, uh, who's starting at running back Damian Harris. The, the Broncos are actually surprisingly good against the run. So I'm, I'm maybe not playing Damian Harris, but you probably don't have a choice out of necessity. So if you do have the choice, don't play him. If you don't, if you don't have the choice, then I'm sorry. But James White should be a decent play this week. I like him against the linebackers and the safeties of Denver. On the other side of the ball... For the Broncos, uh, depending what happens to Melvin Gordon, it's the Philip Lindsay show with Royce Freeman getting some carries. Uh, no, no fans dealing with that ankle injury. And then Drew Locke should be back this week, so increase your Jerry Judy stock right there. Tim Patrick, too. Uh, I, I actually like, you know, I, I thought this game was gross, but now the more I talk about it, I actually like a lot of the pieces in this game. So uh, I, don't like, I don't like New England at 9.5, and, and I don't like the over-under. I'm probably taking the over. So give me the Patriots, or I'm sorry, give me the Broncos with the over. Yeah, uh, I don't 
like the game as much as you are talking yourself into it. Like, so you were talking about it, how you were talking yourself into the pieces. I'm talking myself out of the pieces. I don't like Melvin Gordon this week. I don't like Damian Harris this week. Granted, you probably have to start both those guys just because you don't have any better options. I'll say this. If Melvin Gordon misses, I love Philip Lindsay, especially in uh, DFS because his price is going to be way down compared to what it should be. I don't like the over-under on this game at 45. I think that these defenses are good, and I don't think these offenses are very good. Drew Locke is going to play, though. He practiced. He's been throwing, so he should play this week. Nine and a half point over nine and a half point spread for New England. I think that the Broncos are good enough to cover that. So I think the the game finishes under, but I think the Broncos cover. I think that this is one of those regression weeks. We've seen a lot of high scoring matchups throughout the first little over a month of the season. I think we're finally going to start to see some of the like we're going to see a dud week, and I think this is the week it's going to happen. There's a lot of gross matchups like Jags Lions, Steelers Browns going to be a probably a slobber knocker type matchup. Giants Washington. Eagles-Ravens is probably going to be a blowout. We didn't even touch on the 47.5-point spread, or 47.5-point over-under there, but I don't like that one a lot because I think that the Eagles can get shut down. For the Patriots, this is the first time since Nikhil Harry was drafted that I actually have him higher than Julian Edelman for a week. I think Julian Edelman, like, he has the tougher matchup. Bryce Callahan plays out of the slot. That's... and. And I don't, I don't like that matchup for him. I think Julian Edelman hasn't shown a good connection with Cam. I think Harry is the guy that you really can trust out of this receiving core right now. He's not been great, but he's at least getting some volume. And he's, he's been consistent. He's getting you six, seven, eight points of matchup, which is good enough to be in your flex most weeks. Yeah, and so, and especially in a week like this where there's so many fantasy viable players that are off on buys. Or also, Chris Godwin was able to practice in a limited fashion today, so that's good. We'll get to that more in a minute, though. Forty-five point, or and then let's move over to the Broncos. I don't really want to mess with any too much on the Patriots. Like Cam Newton, you're probably playing him if you like don't um, have a better. I'm option. playing Cam I, Newton because I absolutely want to. I okay. Well, I'm not playing Cam Newton unless I have to. Tyler's playing Cam Newton. He's been a top 10 quarterback every week he's played. Has he really? Yes. Okay, well, eh, I'm I'm just not sold. Let me make sure I'm not not making things up right now, but I am am 90% sure that he's been a top 10 quarterback every week he's played. Let's move over to Denver, though. You're not playing Drew Locke, but Jerry Judy is a good flex play. Same thing goes for Tim Patrick. Like I said, if you're play- if Melvin Gordon's active, you probably have to play him. If he's not active, Philip Lindsay's a great play. But if Gordon plays, I I don't feel comfortable playing Lindsay right now because the Patriots defense is one of the best in football right now against the running back position. So I don't like either one of the running back matchups here. Noah Fant, uh, I believe, is trending towards playing. He practiced in limited fashion on Thursday, so pay really close attention to his Friday practice. I misspoke but a little you don't bit. Want- he's two out of two out of three. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was like, I don't think he was perfect for like perfect on him. But still. So there's some pieces you want here, but not a ton. Let's move on to the first game in this Sunday late slate. We got the Dolphins hosting the Jets. Gross. 47 point over under. Miami favored by nine and a half. I'm gonna say this right off the bat. I'm taking Miami to cover nine and a half. Yup. I'm doing it. The Jets are B A D bad. They just released Le'Veon Bell, who was their second-best offensive playmaker, third-best offensive player. Jameson Crowder is the only player on the Jets roster that I'm playing. 
unless I am so ravaged at running back that I have to play Frank Gore. Other than that, I'm not comfortable playing anybody, even Jeff Smith, not Braxton Berrios, not Brashad Perriman, who practiced limited on Thursday. I don't want to start anybody. I'm just going to go over to the Dolphins. You're playing Ryan Fitzpatrick. You're playing Miles Gaskin. You're probably playing Mike Gesicki. And you're playing Devontae Parker. I don't want to mess with any of the other wide receivers, though, because I don't know who is going to be fantasy viable for like the, for this team right now. Don't you think this game's going to get out of control, though, and the Dolphins just run the ball a lot? I think it could, but at the same time, the Jets are actually decent at defending the run. And last week, the game got out of control, and Kyler Murray still threw for 380 yards. I think Fitz is hot right now, and I think that they try and ride that again. I saw this. I saw, I looked up this stat. So this season, when Fitz has played a game and not thrown an interception— He's averaging 28 fantasy points per game. And in the games where he's thrown a pick, it's it drops significantly. I don't have the stat on me right offhand, but he like when he does throw a pick, he plays a, he has a great game. Uh, yeah, so he averages 15.9 points. So his so as long as he doesn't throw a pick, he has a great game. I don't think that he's gonna throw a pick. I think he's gonna have a good game. Um, even if it's not necessarily the putting up 43 points like they did last week, I think he's still good enough to be fantasy viable this week. He, like I mentioned earlier, if you have Deshaun Watson, I'm comfortable playing Fitzpatrick over Watson since he's got a better matchup. Uh, Fitzpatrick over Watson. It's close. It's very close for me. I, The only concern for me is that the, the game gets out of control and the Dolphins run it. That's really it. That's really my only concern because I do know that the Titans will attempt, will do everything in their power to keep Deshaun Watson off the field. And so when I look at the Dolphins, I don't see a threat on the Jets' offense, but at the same time, this just could be a barn burner for the Dolphins, who I, I think they cover 9.5 as well. I don't know if I like the 47-point over-under, though. So I think I take the under, and I like Miami to cover 9.5. I just don't like this game at all. I think the Dolphins are just playing uh, with more conviction. They're playing they're playing more like a football team. That Adam Gase team is just broken into shambles, and I don't. there's no way that they're picking up the pieces this year. I agree. Let's move on to the next one, the game that we're all here for. Buccaneers hosting the Packers, 55 and a half Before we get into this game, Green Bay. real quick, before we get into that, have you guys, if you're listening to this, seen all of the stuff about Jamal Williams going on the Jamal Williams show and then <laughs> basically talking about Tom Brady? And if you missed it from last, was it Thursday night, the the blunder from Tom Brady where he thought it was fourth down, or where he thought it was third down, it was really fourth down. And so uh, <laughs> Jamal Williams dropping the comment on the Jamal Williams show. If you haven't seen it at this point, you're probably not on social media at all because it's, it's kind of blown up a little bit, I think more than anybody ever expected. But Jamal Williams dropping the comment, my quarterback would never do that. So now add that to the fuel of this game of already Rodgers versus Brady. You add that to the fuel of this game. This is going to be a heated matchup, in my opinion. And I'm not talking about the Tampa Bay weather. I'm talking about the fact that these two teams are not going to like each other. Former division mates, uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. I think that both teams have a lot to prove here. Uh, the Packers want to prove that they are a legitimate contender in the NFC, and the Buccaneers want to show that they that they can still win games after they lost to that Bears team. Yeah, um, I obviously that's been everywhere. It's been on ESPN, NFL Network, the Dan Patrick Show, the Pat McAfee. Everywhere on Twitter has picked it up and ran it at some point during the last twenty four hours. 
which is weird because it went up on Tuesday. So that just shows that the news cycle takes 24 hours to get. It also shows how media outlets can misconstrue things because the way that they're framing it is that he just kind of said it as a one-off, but really it was part of a much longer, larger conversation with just, it was just a casual conversation he was having as being pulled out and used as a, as a one-off thing now. So just something, you know, a little, little lesson there in, in beware of the media sometimes. Yeah. So don't, so like, don't read too much into it, but it is something worth like talking about. In terms of the actual game, okay, by the way, I didn't finish saying this earlier. Green Bay favored by one after it originally opened at Buccaneers favored by two and Never a half. Never made any sense. Swung to Green Bay. Yeah. Hey, I was okay with it, though, because I bet on Green Bay as a. I I tried to grab the line. I, I couldn't get it anywhere. I, I would probably still take Green Bay at one. Like, I don't understand why, how Vegas is. Oh, I'm taking Green Bay to cover. It doesn't make any sense to me, though. It makes Green me worried, actually, Bay. looking at this game. Like, how, what does Vegas know that we don't? Because Vegas has been pretty freaking good through five weeks, and this is a one-point line. Maybe they're, maybe they're convinced Kevin King's going to miss, Chris Godwin's going to play, Tom Brady's going to wind back the clock 10 years, Gronk's going to wind back the clock 10 years, and they're going to look like what everyone thought they were going to be. I don't think they're going to be that. Donovan Smith? Got abused last week by Khalil Mack. Now he's got to go, go up against Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark. I understand Kenny Clark most plays on the inside, but Kenny Clark can do a stunt, come outside, you know. Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith. Just Zedarius, this, this defensive front is perfectly poised to take advantage of Donovan Smith. And because of the issues with Donovan Smith, you can't help Tristan Wirfs on the other side. So if you get a one-on-one matchup of Tristan Wirfs versus, versus Zedarius Smith, that's a that's a plus matchup. I do want to take Bay. this. Tristan Wirfs has it's been a, great. Thank you. you. You said it right there. Tristan Wirfs yeah, has been really yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Tristan so Wirfs this has is been, a has been really a good. Four so forewarning when we're watching this game on Sunday, as the rest of the nation will be, because nobody will be watching Bucket. I'm sorry, nobody will be watching Dolphins Jets. There's only two late games this weekend, so everybody's gonna be watching this game. I want you to remember that Tristan Wirfs, the right tackle for the Buccaneers, has been really good. So if we see not a lot of pressure come from that side, that is why. He has been really good. But also, Zadarius on Tristan Wirfs is a plus matchup and a matchup, if you're Mike Patton, that you want. So looking at this defensive front, they do match up entirely incredibly well. And this is exactly why I marked Tom Brady as a sit of the week for uh, my Dynasty Nerds article, I just love the way that this Packers defense matches up. If Kevin King is playing, he matches up well with Mike Evans. You throw Jair on Chris Godwin, and you're off to the races. You do the rest to contain the rest of the offense. Uh, I do have Ronald Jones ranked very highly this week because that might be how the Buccaneers try to control this game. Uh, but Ronald Jones has been good. Packers fans are about to find that out this weekend. And the he's I think I think I have Ronald Jones as a top four running back this week just because there's nobody else and he's he's got a great matchup a great plus matchup that could breed a lot of points I don't have him that highly this week but I do have him ranked uh pretty I think he's either in my top 10 or just outside of it I do like Jones this week in matchup you're probably playing Mike Evans because you have to um I'll say this if Godwood misses and Evans has to spend the entire game dealing with Jair Alexander and Kevin King he's going to hate his entire life because Jair took Calvin Ridley and said, yeah, you're just not going to play tonight. You can just go sit on the sidelines as far as I'm concerned. And Jair doesn't, doesn't matter how big you are, how fast you are. He's, he, he's got the speed to stick with you. He's got, he's got the physicality to get up in your Jersey and really throw your timing off. And Tom Brady has always been a timing based quarterback. This offense is a little more open, but timing still matters. 
and Jair playing up on the line of scrimmage, getting physical with Evans. And because we've seen in the past, Evans has no problem getting like he gets frustrated. Like we've seen it before. He uh, the matchups between he and Marshawn Lattimore, the Saints, they get physical. They get really aggressive with each other and they don't like each other in the slightest. I think that Jair is going to do that, do that to him. He's going to get up with him. And it's also possible that if Ridley play or if Godwin plays, we see Kevin King on Mike Evans and Jair on Chris Godwin. That's the matchup I honestly kind of expect. Which then, okay, so if Godwin plays out of the slot where he primarily does, do you think they leave Chandon Sullivan on him, or do you put Chandon outside and bring Jair? Absolutely, you bring Jair on Godwin. Absolutely. Okay, I'm just I'm just saying Chandon has been arguably the best slot corner in football this year. He's only allowed a 52 percent completion. I understand, percentage. but I was no, just curious. You're bringing, what you you're bringing Jair in. If you don't, I'm under, I'm questioning what the hell Mike Pettin's doing. That's honestly because. Well, I mean, Mike Pettin doesn't play press defense despite having two great know, press corners. So I'm questioning. It's frustrating well. sometimes because he supposedly has gotten all these players that fit what he wants to do, and then you think that he has his idea of what he wants to do and then these players don't do what you thought he wanted them to do it's a frustrating cycle but we're not here to talk about the Packers there's so much content out there to talk about that let's talk about this from a fantasy perspective Aaron Jones is a smash play this week Devontae Adams is going to be back uh, Marcos Valdez-Scantling is a guy I really like this week when when Devontae Adams has played Marcos Valdez-Scantling has scored a touchdown in those games so I'm looking for Marcos Valdez-Scantling to to make an impact aside from Devontae Adams. Uh, when he has been out, Marcos Valdez-Scantling has been drawing the number one wide receiver coverage. So I'm looking towards uh, number 83. Uh, Equinemius St. Brown could be playing this week as well, so we get to see what he offers to this offense. Noel Lazard, obviously. Uh, Robert Tanyan, I still think it's kind of a wait-and-see situation. Uh, they have some good... His is not a good matchup for him. They have some good pieces there, safety and linebacker in, temp, in Tampa that could be used to erase Robert Tanyan. Uh, the defensive front for the Buccaneers, the defensive line is going to be really good. It's going to test his Packers offensive line and that's fine that's perfectly fine uh but Aaron Rodgers might not have a ton of time so we can see a ton of short receptions this week Devonta Adams Aaron Jones are going to be your go-tos there did you see the uh comments by JPP saying he didn't realize David Bakhtiar is one of the best left tackles in football I guess he hasn't played against him yet Yeah, he may or may not have missed some time in the past, apparently. I don't know what he ever did. I feel like, wasn't he really good, and then didn't he like have an accident he where he was kind off. of a moron? I know, that was all sarcasm, okay. because I think that if you're <laughs> dumb enough to blow your hand off, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I you're starting Devontae, you're starting Aaron Jones, you're starting Rodgers, because Rodgers has just been too white hot not to. I'm intrigued by uh, MBS this week, especially with Adams being back. MBS being... Er, MBS not being the number one guy will open up looks for him, presumably. I'm comfortable playing Bob Tanyan this week. He doesn't have a great matchup, but at the same time, Rodgers looks for him. Rodgers tries to get him involved, and if they bracket MBS how they have in the past few weeks, that will leave less guys to be responsible for Tanyan. And it only takes one touchdown to have value as a tight end, so that's kind of where I stand on that whole thing. What are you doing with the spread? I assume we're both taking Green Bay to cover. Are you ta- or over under? Are you taking the over or the under here? Based on the amount of points that Green Bay has been putting up, I'm taking the over uh, because I th- I do think the Bucks will be able to put up some points as well. Uh, but I'm taking Green Bay at negative one all day long. That's basically a pick 'em, and I think that Green Bay is by far and away the better team here. It does, like I said before, make me wonder what Vegas knows. But based on paper, looking at it that way, I, I think Green Bay is easily the better team here, and I'm taking that line all day. 
I'm taking the over as well. Let's move on to the Sunday night game. We got 49ers hosting the Rams, two division rivals here. 52 point over under. Rams are currently favored by three, which means that Vegas thinks that the Rams are actually six points better on a on a uh, on a neutral field. Uh, 49ers are just getting three points because they're at home. Yeah. I, so what are you doing uh, is here? Is Jimmy John? Garoppolo playing? Because if, if so, I don't. Uh, he is expected to play. He he played last right. week. He's expected but to play. But they did week. bench him, quote unquote, because he was hurt. So Yeah, no, he they benched him because he was bad. But the the whole point of it was they you know, covered up with the ankle injury. But uh you're still playing Raheem Mostert. You're probably playing Debo and Ayuk in some deeper formats, definitely. Uh, I'm not loving them in anything like a ten team. I think there's better options out there in ten team formats. Uh George Kittle in absolute must play every single week, obviously. On um, the 49, I'm sorry, on the Rams side of the ball, you're playing Jared Goff, you're playing Coop, uh, Cooper Cup, you're playing Robert Woods. I don't know what you're doing at running back. Akers was supposed to get more carries this week. That's what McVay said. Daryl Henderson has been the running back one here. I think Malcolm Brown's time is kind of over. I think he was supposed to be that bridge guy for the beginning of the season. I think it's going to be the Henderson Akers show moving forward. Uh, and Henderson is going to get a lot of the receiving work, Akers will get a lot of the rushing work. Yeah, um, I'm not. I'm not starting Acres just yet. I think in deeper. Oh like yeah, I'm not. I'm not starting leagues, either. I should have made like, that clear. Sorry. Like no, 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 you're good. Like I think it's super deep leagues. You might have to start him just with other injuries and bye weeks and stuff. Henderson, I'm kind of. I'm okay with starting in probably 14 team leagues. Uh, 14 teams or deeper, and just I think he's going to get the red zone work or the goal line work, which is obviously that can make or break your whole week. In like I looked at his splits earlier on the season. For games that he's scored a touchdown, he averages 21 points per game. In the other games where he hasn't scored a touchdown, he averages two points per game. So you're really just hoping he falls into the end zone this week because that can really give him a, a decent week. But he's not going to get the volume that he's been getting, and that'll noticeably bring his ceiling down as a result. On the other side of things, for the Rams, I uh, or for the 49ers, you're starting Kittle, you're starting Mostert super deep leagues Ayuk and Samuel but I'm not super in love with them right now just because Jimmy G did look kind of bad the Rams defenses looked really good um also you're starting Cooper Cup you're starting Robert Woods do you want to I I might have missed this what did you say you wanted to do with the tight ends for the Rams Higby I've heard I'm avoiding it for now especially against you're you're playing Higby no. this week I said I'm avoiding it and I'm avoiding it okay. because one okay. we don't know what the hell they're doing there Two, because they're playing the 49ers, who have one of the best tight end defensing teams in the league. Okay, I thought you said you were playing him. No, I'm like, avoiding oh, okay, both of them that is for now. It's like that's an interesting call, but that is that is your decision to make. On the, I'm taking the Rams to cover here, and I think the I think the over hits because I think that the Rams are able to put up points on this beat up 49ers team, and I think the 49ers are then able to get some garbage time. Probably finishes somewhere in the realm of like 30 to 25 something like that that's what i'm calling here final monday night game we got the cowboys hosting the cardinals dak has posted dak has posted a lot of me- uh, yeah 55 point over under arizona's favored by one and a half Daf- dak has posted messages all week regarding his recovery he put up a video earlier today on twitter uh if you didn't see it it was on the cowboys official twitter account so you can go check that out there um he's obviously still done for the year andy dalton comes in to replace him the red rifle as he is so affectionately called for the Cowboys. You're starting Zeke. You're starting Amari Cooper. You're starting Dalton Schultz because I think Schultz has a better week this week than he did last week because Dalton kind of came in and was just kind of relying on 
his receivers, but I think he has a better week this week. Are you playing Michael Gallup? Because yes. Michael Gallup's the deep downfield guy. Andy Dalton doesn't really throw the deep ball as much. Yes, anymore. I'm playing Michael Gallup in most formats. Fair enough. Cool. Playing Michael Gallup. Let's move over to the Arizona side of things. You're playing Kyler Murray, of course. You're starting Nuke. You're playing Kenny Drake here. I think if Kenny Drake can't produce in this matchup, he's just not. He's just flat out not going to produce. I'll play Chase Edmonds in PPR leagues, but I'm not really going to play him in uh, standard leagues, of course, because his main thing is receiving work. You're starting. I'm comfortable playing Christian Kirk this week. I don't want to start any of the tight ends, obviously. Are there any other receivers you're playing this week, or are you even playing uh, Kirk? Fits in point? deeper formats. Kirk for sure. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously. Oh yeah, absolutely. Kenyon Drake, definitely. Chase Edmonds, I'm probably playing in most places as well because I think he provides you. Are you playing him in standard? Because I'm only playing him in PPR. Probably not in standard, but I don't think standard leagues are. Yeah, because like, yeah, the only reason he had standard value last week is because he got a touchdown. Like in like his whole thing is PPR. Agree. He's like the James White of the Cardinals. So on the other side of the ball, Cowboys, you're playing everybody as well. Uh, You're playing Andy Dalton. You're playing Ceedee Lamb, Michael Gallup, uh, Amari Cooper. Dalton Schultz, we got to kind of wait and see on. Uh, Gage mentioned it before we got on the pod, but Dalton Schultz had zero targets from Andy Dalton last week. So somebody to keep an eye on moving forward had been really relevant for you, had been really good for you as a waiver pickup the first four four to five weeks, but is probably now in jeopardy due to the departure of Dak Prescott. So uh, I Ezekiel oh, Elliott, obviously. I think that's about it. I mean, it, this is this is a this is a game that you're excited to watch, but there's just not much analysis involved here. You're playing everybody. Yeah, there's not a ton of analysis. Like like Tyler said, not a ton of analysis here. I'm taking the over. Uh, I think that like 55 is really high, but I think the points go, points galore again. I'm, but I'm also taking the Cardinals. I'm to taking cover. one and a half is over not with Dallas to cover. Yep. Dallas. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm not taking Dallas to cover. I think that the Cardinals are a better team in terms of like their quarterback. I think that their defense has shown some life this year. Not a ton of life, but some. Oh, that's my gut. Um, that's I like saying, the. I think that the Cowboys come out playing for Dak, and I think that that means something. I'll say this: if the over hits, I think the Cardinals win. If the unders, if the under hits, I think the Cowboys like win and cover because I think that if the Cowboys win, I think they like kept the score low. I think they rode Zeke. I think Zeke had a big game. I think I have him as my RB one for the week. Uh, as a result of that, he's run more routes than any other running back this season. He gets a, he gets so he gets work in the receiving game. There's no threat to him in Tony Pollard. So that's that's kind of where I'm at this week. If you think that this is going to be a high scoring game, which I do, I think that the Cardinals win and cover and the overhits. But if you think that the Cowboys win, I think that their best path to success, kind of like Tony Dungy said, is ride Zeke, let him run the ball a lot, but keep your offensive receivers engaged. C.D. Lamb needs to get the ball. Amari Cooper needs to have the ball. Michael Gallup needs to get more targets. Then, obviously, he got none. Or he had he had two big receptions right at the end of the game. But he's primarily been a deep ball guy. Get him involved. Get get all of your weapons to see, to see the ball because then that makes your offense even harder to defend. We've seen teams in the past that, like the Chiefs, they are the perfect example of having weapons all over the place, but they have... They have no. I just realized there's a line that we don't have on here. Yeah, Chiefs we don't Bills. have Chiefs okay, Bills. We can talk about that after this. Chiefs Bills. Uh, yeah, I, my my bad, everybody for missing that. But yeah, I think that if the like the 
Cowboys can spread the love to all of their weapons, that's how they're going to be the most successful. Okay, I missed it before, but the final game of the week, we have the Chiefs and the Bills. I have no line on it. I have no over-under. There's nothing. It is the Bills are hosting. It is a 5 o'clock game on Monday Night Football, so it'll be before the Cowboys-Cardinals game. For the Chiefs, you're starting Mahomes. You're starting... Are you starting Love Bell or you starting Kyle Hilaire? I'm starting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I don't think Bell has hardly any work this week, and so therefore I think CEH still has a decent Apparently lead. the Chiefs went pretty hard for him, though, you know? Then mo- I mean, they were, they were able yeah, to meet but... pretty much what the Dolphins were doing financially. So I think that that's worth consideration. Is that actually what they were able to? Is that what they were? Able oh, I guess to the offer do- the Dolphins were not able to know, able to offer enough more, but the offers were comparable enough where the situation trumped the financials for Le'Veon Bell. And he did say yeah, when he so first got I... cut, the first thing he said was, "I want to go to a situation that is going to one win me a ring and two where I can play." So I don't know if he signs with the Chiefs without without them promising him something. I, well, I think that he might be more of a piece next week. I think that only like one or two days to install the offense is really short notice. Like, so he's going to get there today. He'll sign. He'll still have to clear like clear COVID protocols and yeah, do yeah. all of the other stuff. So will he even I'm just playing, eligible I'm just to play this week? <laughs> I know you are, but yeah. So I'm not play, so I'm playing CEH this week. Uh, next week it'll be a different story. We'll talk about that when we get there. On the Bills side of the ball, I'm playing Josh Allen again. Josh Allen had a bad week. I think that he's better than we saw last week, and he's going to bounce back. I'm still playing Devin Singletary because Zach Moss is dealing with an injury still. He was a full practice today. Zach Moss might not play. Oh, he was? Dang it. Okay, I'm still playing Singletary anyway. Singletary's better. You're playing Stephon Diggs. You're playing – you're probably playing Cole Beasley. Um, at this point, and John Brown is going to be the interesting thing. I don't know he was what a full his injury team. status is. Full yes, practice sir. today? Okay, then rip Gabe Davis, but play John play John Brown. I was going to say, if, if John Brown misses, Gabe Davis is an interesting I agree, piece. But he ran 100% of the last I agree, and you're still stashing Gabriel Davis 100%. I haven't, I haven't attacked his oh, spots yeah. everywhere because yeah. I was stashing him in the offseason, but that's neither here nor there. I, I did the same thing. <laughs> so yeah, moving on here, so. though. Chiefs, you're playing you're playing the four guys. Bills, you're playing playing the yeah, main guys playing. as well. Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen. Uh, John Brown's likely going to play. Travis Kelsey, uh, we didn't talk about him, but you're going to play him. Uh, Cole Beasley, I guess you're going to play because you're going to need points in deeper formats. But I don't love Cole Beasley either this week. So, I mean, I don't think there's much analysis here either. I think that this game might – I don't think this game is as high scoring as everybody thinks it's going to be. I think that there's enough points in it to keep it interesting from a fantasy perspective, but I don't think that there's going to be a ton of points in this game. I know we don't have an over-under to reference, but I can imagine it would be pretty high if we did. So, I actually – I like oh, the sure. Chiefs to win this game. I do like the Chiefs to win this game. I think that Patrick Mahomes is a safer quarterback. He makes less mistakes than Josh Allen will. And at the same time, I think that the defenses are pretty good. They're both pretty equivalent in their own ways. So the Bills might have the better defense overall, but I think that they're both pretty equivalent. And I think Patrick Mahomes elevates this Chiefs team over the Bills. So not to knock the Bills. This is a tough matchup. This is one that will probably be revisited in January, but I'm taking the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs as well. I don't have a spread to operate off of, so if I'm just going from a pick, I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm taking the better quarterback here. And Tyler Tyler said it all on the analysis. Not much for me to add there. You're starting your studs here. This is one of those games that's not you're not going to get too fancy with it. 
If you okay, so Sammy Watkins is out. If you have to start a second Chiefs receiver, is it Demarcus Robinson still? It probably is because for some reason Patrick Mahomes has an affinity for him. Miko Hardman is a one one play wonder still. He's I think that's pretty much what his career is going to end up being. Uh, but you're playing Demarcus Robinson if you absolutely need to play somebody. Cool. That's all I got. Yeah, same here. Um, it's going to be an interesting week of games for sure. Keep an eye on that that Falcons Vikings game for sure for the COVID testing and protocols. It looks like that game will happen as as planned, but we've seen that we've seen the weeks trend up and then all of a sudden take a huge nosedive on Fridays or Saturdays to push the games to uh, another time basically. And so the schedules are crazy. I was trying to look at the schedule this week and make sense of all the changes. There's a lot because there's a lot of moving parts to it. So you're probably going to check the schedules every week at this point from a fantasy perspective, make sure that things aren't changing. Um, you know, our typical process of analyzing future schedules for players when trades is going to be completely changed in the way we think about it, the way we look at it. So just something to keep in mind as you move forward. There's a lot of moving parts, especially with the bye weeks. So keep an eye on those and uh, how they're how they're affecting your team. So with that being said, I think we're going to start to sign off here. Uh, make sure that you are liking, rating, subscribing our pages. Uh, wherever you're listening to podcasts, please give us feedback because that's how we can get better. Uh, starting next week, Gage and I will be doing this this specific podcast. We will be doing it in a live stream format on the Game on Wisconsin YouTube and releasing as a podcast on Friday morning. So if you want to get over there and get your question in, questions in during this part of the process, uh, feel free to do that. We'll be on YouTube, we'll be on Periscope, we'll be on Facebook, uh, just like we do for the Sunday morning live stream. So I'm, I'm particularly excited about that part of our show because I think that that can really be another way for us to take, take in what we'll call it mailbag questions and really answer some of the uh, things that are going through fantasy owners' heads as they're preparing for the week ahead. So Gage, do you have any final words for the people? Uh, follow me on Twitter at GBridgeford NFL. I am excited to be back with you guys on Sunday morning for a lot for our weekly live stream. I was obviously out last week due to work conflicts, but I will be here. I'll be bright eyed, bushy tailed. I should have coffee, so I'll be good to go there. I'm excited to watch another week of football and try and figure out what the hell is going on with these games because every time I figure I think I have my finger on the pulse of a team, they dodge left and I'm like, what in the heck is going on? So that's all I got for you this week. See, so you'll be drinking coffee, and I am currently weaning myself off of caffeine. So it's a, it's been, a, it's been a hell of a detox. So that's where I'm at right now. That's why I'm so exhausted this week. It's, it's very telling to how much coffee I drink, which is too much. So uh, I'll be back on Sunday as well. We'll have our normal crew. Uh, we'll have to see if we can get a couple other guys to join us at some point because uh, it, it was a lot of fun last week. But definitely excited to have Gage back and just do our thing on Sunday. So until next time, go pack go.